Welcome to Read Radio, the official podcast of Fraser Valley Regional Library. Hi, my name is Chris. And my name is Jessica. We're here today to talk about climate change books that have inspired us and our library colleagues to action. You know, Jessica, for a long time, I didn't know what to do or what I could do about climate change. I listen to the news. I know the situation is dire. I understand major change needs to come via government policy. I'm just one person among billions. So what could effect could I have? And then I found Jane Goodall's The Book of Hope, A Survival Guide for Trying Times. It's written with author-writer Douglas Abrams. I admire Jane Goodall, and I decided to listen to the audiobook, and it changed everything for me. That's encouraging. What made it so impactful for you? The audiobook was recorded through a series of in-person sessions just prior to the pandemic and completed virtually during the pandemic. It's done in conversation style with Goodall and Abrams narrating. And this just adds to the poignancy and impact of the words. In the book, Goodall talks about her four reasons for hope. One, the amazing human intellect. Second, the resilience of nature. Third, power of young people. And then the last one is the indomitable human spirit. And I found inspiration throughout the book. At one point, Jane says, every single individual matters, has a role to play, and makes an impact on the planet every single day. We have a choice of what kind of impact we make. In talking about hope, Goodall says that we can't wish or fantasize, that hope sparks us to take action towards a goal. And as we envision the future, we need to recognize the inevitability of changes. We have to anticipate there's going to be setbacks and, and you know, work to remove them. Goodall talks about many examples of projects by young people and community leaders throughout the world who are making a difference to the climate by acting locally. So hearing this and reading this, I overcame my grief and I started to act. I started to read more about climate change and to identify those things that I could do and act on them. Thanks for that, Chris. It sounds like the inspiration we all need. I have it on hold. I am going to be listening to that soon. I'm going to tell you about a different kind of climate book that I read recently. It's called Cranky Uncle versus Climate Change by Dr. John Cook. I am one of those people who tend to go blank when someone starts talking about how climate change is a myth or not really serious or it's just fine, it's just normal. So this book subtitled How to Understand and Respond to Climate Science Deniers has been a helpful resource for me. There are lots of graphics and cartoons, but they help make the serious topic more accessible. The book breaks down the reasons deniers use to argue against climate change and illustrates what is wrong with these arguments. It has a very handy chart in the back that summarizes the arguments and what fallacy climate deniers use to make their argument. There are a lot of people cherry picking the facts out there. I looked up this book after you told me about it. It looks very approachable and very useful. I have to say, I could have maybe used it the other day. Our colleague Diana has read a lot on climate change. Today, she's recommending the book, A Good War, Mobilizing Canada for the Climate Emergency. It's by Seth Klein. Diana tells us, during World War II, Canada pulled out all the stops. 
And Klein shows how the strategies we use to mobilize our war response are also valid for battling the climate crisis. Discover what Canadians really think about carbon emissions and learn the four markers to look for to how your government has shifted into emergency mode. I have also heard Seth Klein talk and the analogy he makes between the efforts Canada made in World War II and the efforts we could make as a nation to fight the climate crisis ring true. Another colleague of ours, Janine, suggested the following book to help readers make a difference on a personal level. Is it really green? Everyday Eco Dilemmas Answered by Georgina Wilson Powell answers more than 140 everyday questions one might have for living their best green life. This book offers data to help in decision-making for reducing readers' ecological footprint. Tips and insight range from topics such as how to choose food and drink, how to shop, use technology, travel, and much more. When your teen comes home from school distraught and on the verge of an emotional breakdown from what they are learning in their science classes, you cannot dismiss their feelings. As the parent in this scenario, Janine knows she needed to help her daughter navigate something that cannot be fixed on an individual level. Recognizing that environmental anxiety is real was Janine's first step. Her second step was talking with her daughter about their choices. Is it really green allowed both of them the space to see what they were doing well, what they could do better, and what they can be working towards? It gave them hope knowing they are choosing to do what they can in their daily lives to make our world a little bit better. That's a great suggestion from Janine. I know FERL has many more titles that can help families talk about climate change and what they can do. A few other recommendations for parents and kids from Diana are Taking Action to Help the Environment by Rebecca Schonger, How to Change Everything by Naomi Klein, and All the Feelings Under the Sun, How to Deal with Climate Change by Leslie Davenport. So Jessica, I'm really intrigued by this next book that Jessica B. really liked. It's called All We Can Save, Truth, Courage, and Solutions for the Climate Crisis. And Jessica says it's a collection of essays written by diverse women who are at the forefront of advocating for change in the fight against climate change. Jessica B. says that the book combines beautifully written pieces of stunning art and poetry, and it's fiercely feminist, bringing the perspectives and ideas of women to the forefront of the movement. The argument here is that in order to make true change, everyone must be involved. It's a realistic book, but ultimately a hopeful one that can help guide us into a future where the earth can be saved, as long as we create solutions that take everyone's valuable insights into account. So interesting that this book combines art, poetry, and essays. A little bit of something for everyone. The next book is our only fiction book in the podcast, but it includes a lot of science. New York 2140 by Kim Stanley Robinson is a cli-fi novel. Cli-fi is a genre combination of science fiction and climate. The novel takes place in post-climate catastrophe New York. After ignoring the warnings about climate change, the world experiences flooding as sea levels rise. Think Venice, but in New York. 
New York 2140 follows eight characters. Throughout the book, the characters comment on the politics of climate change and where it went wrong. They all live in the same high-rise building, but do not necessarily know each other. The book itself is a critique of how our governments are handling climate change, housing crises, and finances. Kelly thinks those who like nonfiction would love this novel. It mixes together fact and fiction so well. It is also an uplifting novel. When faced with devastating natural disasters, Kim Stanley Robinson shines light on how humanity can pull through and bring people together for the better. Even if this is not your typical read, Kelly recommends giving it a shot. I think I certainly will. I have put that on my reading list too. Next, Robin brings the fight for biodiversity closer to home with Not On My Watch by Alexandra Morton. Robin says her family is passionate about both sport fishing and the preservation of BC salmon runs. When she heard about Alexandra Morton's book, Not On My Watch, chronicling Morton's long battle to save the wild salmon in the Broughton Archipelago, Robin knew it was gonna be a great read. Morton is a respected field biologist, activist, and a fierce defender of BC salmon habitat. She moved to the Broughton Archipelago to study whales, but ended up fighting for wild salmon that were affected by the salmon farming in the area. In an effort to protect the salmon population, she searched relentlessly through government documents, combed through research done by other scientists, sent letters, conducted her own research, and published the results. Morton collaborated with Indigenous people in the region, saying, they are scientists in the truest sense of the word. They observe, remember, ponder, see and feel that all life is connected. Morton created a tsunami of support for preserving the fragile systems of Broughton Archipelago. Robin loves that Morton's determination and passion comes through in the book. I love that the book is based in BC. Our final book is another Canadian one. Laurel recommends a book about a favorite pastime of many Canadians, shopping. (laughs) Laurel says, if everyone in the world lived like the average Canadian, it would take four Earths to produce everything we use. In the book, The Day the World Stops Shopping, author J.B. McKinnon proposes a thought experiment, asking, what would happen if the world stopped shopping by 25%? Traditional wisdom said this would never happen. Then COVID hit and proved 25% was entirely possible. McKinnon asked his question of experts in everything from economics to psychology, and the resulting book is a fascinating look at what could happen. For example, six out of 10 clothing items end up in a landfill within one year of being made. The majority of that is from consumers throwing things away. Laurel says the book is thought-provoking and offers no easy answers, but it's made her think more carefully about her shopping choices. She's not the only one who likes this book. It was a finalist for the 2021 Governor General's Award for Nonfiction. That's a great suggestion from Laurel. We hope we've inspired you with the selection of climate awareness books. All of the books mentioned are available in various formats at the library. You can also find two convenient book lists for kids and adults on climate action and awareness on our website, fvrl.ca. Happy and hopeful reading to you all. To listen to more recommendations from Fraser Valley Regional Library staff, go to our website, fvrl.ca. 
There you'll find past episodes plus other great services to help you decide what to read, watch, or listen to next. 